Hello and welcome to the Region Agri podcast, the go-to place to hear everything about regenerative agriculture. Region Agri is an initiative supporting farms, agribusinesses and the supply chain in their transition to regenerative approaches. We offer global capacity with the aim of securing the health of the land and the wealth of those who live on it. For more information about our initiative and to find out how we can help you with your regenerative journey, visit regenagri.org. I'm your host, Rose Riley, and once again, I'm excited to bring you the latest developments on the global phenomenon that is regenerative agriculture. In this episode, we're exploring the community benefits of regenerative agriculture. To share his expertise and insights into this topic, I'm joined today by Meshak Sikuku, Regional Farm Systems and Sustainability Coordinator at Ripple Effect. Ripple Effect was established in 1988 by a small group of West Country farmers. Its headquarters are in the UK, with a hub in Nairobi, where Meshak is based. The organisation works with smallholder farmers and communities across six countries in East Africa, bringing farmers together to learn new skills and share knowledge so they can improve their livelihoods and build sustainable agribusinesses. Formerly known as Send a Cow, Ripple Effect's name reflects the organisation's practical approach. Farmers pass on the knowledge, tools and skills that they learn with Ripple Effect to multiply the benefits across communities and generations. For every one farming family trained by Ripple Effect, three more benefit. The method of farming promoted by Ripple Effect's peer farmer training is rooted in regenerative principles, aiming to protect natural environments and build resilience to climate change. Welcome to the podcast, Mashak. I'm excited to learn more about the community benefits of regenerative agriculture and your experience. Thank you for having me too, Ross. So can we start, Mashak, with you just giving us a bit of a background to yourself and an introduction to Ripple Effect, the organisation that you work for? Thank you very much. Yes, my name is Meshak Sikuku and I work for Ripple Effect. My academic background is agriculture. I studied agriculture in college and I've been working in the agriculture sector, particularly with the NGOs and communities in Kenya and East Africa. So I have close to yeah, 15 years experience working with the communities, trying to improve their livelihoods, their food security, nutrition and so on trying to look for mechanisms to sustain uh, their production in their farms. My role in Ripple Effect is I'm the Regional Farm Systems Coordinator. As a Farm Systems Coordinator, my main role is to support regenerative agriculture because that is what we support as Ripple Effect. So my role includes supporting the countries we work in to have capacity to have capabilities in planning and implementing regenerative agriculture with the communities who we work with. So I also look at programming, seed uh, regenerative agriculture programming. So I support countries in you know, looking at how do we program our sustainable agriculture or regenerative agriculture so that it is much more sustainable, much more regenerative and much more long term. Fantastic. And could you tell us a little bit more about Ripple Effect as an organisation, where, where it works and what the key focuses are? The focus of Ripple Effect is, first, Ripple Effect is a partnership of farming families uh, in Africa that are working towards building the livelihood in Africa. So I say partnership because that is our approach in our programming. Farming families, the communities are the main participants in our programming. So that's why we say it's a partnership. So uh, Ripple Effect is a partnership of farming families that have a vision. And the vision of Ripple Effect is to have thriving and sustainable communities. So our work is to 
you know, work around building their confidence, building their livelihoods, and enabling them to have sustainable lives within Africa, but also contributing to mitigation of climate crisis. Ripple effect works in three major areas. So we have three major pillars. So the first pillar is regenerative agriculture, sustainable agriculture. The second pillar is enterprise development. And the third pillar is, you know, gender and social inclusion. So what do we do under sustainable agriculture or regenerative agriculture? Basically, most communities in Africa, 70 to 8% are farmers. They depend on agriculture as their main source of livelihood. That is why agriculture is very important to us. So agriculture is, you know, it's like the mainstay and the backbone. So our sustainable agriculture looks at how do we support communities, how do we support families to produce more, to optimize the use of their lands, the resources they have, so that this can support their incomes, their livelihoods, and in overall terms, improve their lives. The second pillar that we have, I mentioned, is enterprise development. So enterprise development, we are looking at how do we support communities have sustainable businesses. And because farming is their mainstay, so sustainable businesses around farming becomes very important for betterment of their lives. Income, you know, farms are sources of income. When they produce more, then they need to have a market so that they can sell their produce, they can sell, they can get the income because they have needs. They need to take their children to school, they need to access medical care and other related expenses. So that is what enterprise development is all about, looking at how do we build enterprises and businesses and strengthening the value chains around farming and around agriculture that improve the livelihoods of communities. The third component I mentioned, or the third pillar, is gender and social inclusion. We do not want to have development of one category of people. So we ensure that all people, all categories are on board, are on the road to development. In this case, we are talking about the women, we are talking about the youth, talking about uh, people living with disabilities, we are talking about marginalized communities, and all those categories of people. So our gender and social inclusion pillar ensures that, or puts in place frameworks and mechanisms to ensure that all these categories of people are involved. So those are the three pillars that Triple Effect looks at, which are complementary again. It's also important to you know, mention that these three pillars are actually complementary. They support each other. They're like three sides of the same pyramid. So where yeah. we have agriculture, we have enterprise, and we have gender social inclusion. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about the countries that Ripple Effect works in and what the particular farming conditions are like, some of the climatic, financial and practical challenges that those communities are facing? All right. Ripple Effect works in six countries. Uh, we work in Kenya, we work in Ethiopia, we work in Burundi, uh, we work in Rwanda, we work in Uganda, and we work in Zambia as well. Mm-hmm. In Zambia, we we work through a local partner. We, we used to work directly, but we are now working through a local partner. So we are supporting a local partner we work with in Zambia. But in the 
other five countries, we implement programs directly. And when you look at the countries we, we work in, I think they have challenges and the challenges may differ or they differ from one country to the other. If you go to countries, for example, Burundi and Rwanda, you find that land is a bigger problem. It's a bigger problem because of the population and the size of the country. And of course, because communities depend on this land, uh, like I said before, and then it becomes, you know, very imperative that land is, is something really to look at. Now, part of the challenges we have is inadequate rainfall patterns, you know, because of climate change. Uh, so sometimes you find there are various shocks and disasters, such as, you know, floods, landslides. And in some countries, we, we have challenges such as drought like Kenya and Ethiopia, even currently we have a serious problem where communities lose livestock sometimes because of drought, because the pastures have dried and, and, and so on. So, uh, but most important also is the lands have become much more unproductive because of overutilization. So these are some of the challenges and these challenges, they lead to malnutrition, uh, starving, inadequate food availability, and so and so on. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so, why is regenerative agriculture more beneficial than conventional or intensive farming in the countries that you're working in? Regenerative agriculture is very important. It's very important uh, for some reasons. One, if you look at how regenerative agriculture is implemented, it is a solution to climate crisis. How is it a solution to climate crisis? Because, you know, conventional agriculture promotes, you know, high input, high expensive synthetic inputs. And these inputs are the ones that contribute to emission of greenhouse gases, either directly or indirectly, either through production or through utilization at the same time. But regenerative agriculture avoids such kind of high input and synthetic input. So, Regenerative agriculture is a big solution to climate crisis that we have now. Regenerative agriculture, I think, is also a solution to the problems we are seeing now, the high cost of living. How does it contribute? How is, is it a solution? Because regenerative agriculture promotes local production, use of local resources, local production in a sustainable manner, meaning that when we promote or when we implement regenerative agriculture, we are most likely to produce more even within the dry season so or even within the crisis. So if you have local production that is sustainable, then the cost of buying, the cost of buying food, the cost of buying items may not go as high as because cost of living goes high because many of the items have are now expensive. So if you have your own, and then you will not go to buy and so on. Yeah. Regenerative agriculture is also very important, very important because in the context of climate crisis, regenerative agriculture builds the soil health, conserves the resources at the farm level. It builds the ecosystems around farming. And these are the precursors for better and sustainable production. So I think it's very, very important both to climate and also both to the livelihoods of farming communities in Africa. Fantastic, thank you. 
Um, and what are some of the specific regenerative farming techniques that the smallholder farmers you work with are using and, and how are they benefiting the land or the community? Yes, we have, you know, many regenerative agriculture practices. These mm-hmm. include agroforestry systems where we we integrate cropping systems within farms, tree planting, livestock and crop integration within a farm system. That's a good practice. Natural soil fertility management practices such as intercropping, using plants that fix nitrogen into the soil that promote the, the soil cover, the mulching practices where we protect the soil and increase the functioning of the you know, microorganisms uh, work in the soil. Landscape regeneration, where we are looking at how do we restore degraded land so that instead of being bare and useless and as dead as they are, they are much more useful. We can, you know, plant their crops or we can plant their fodder for life. So landscape regeneration is very very important. Composting, for example, is also very important because part of the soil health is looking at how do we balance the soil chemical properties, uh, the soil physical properties, and the biological functioning of that soil. And one of the requirements to achieve this is to look at how do we increase humus? How do we increase the organic matter in the soil? And composting is very much uh, important in that perspective because it adds organic matter into the soil. And this organic matter instead improves that soil health, biological properties, chemical properties, as, as, as well as physical properties. So these are some of the practices that we are looking at, including also, let me not forget, looking at how do we implement, how do we prevent or control pests and diseases in a much more organic manner? Instead of going for poisonous chemicals that destroy and damage the soil system and the soil health, we are looking at how do we use organic approaches for pest and disease control in crops and in farms. So these are some of the regenerative practices that we are promoting. Fantastic. And um, I know Ripple Effect does a lot of training work. Can you tell us a little bit about how you train farmers to pass on their knowledge and how this is helping communities with issues like food security and financial stability? Yeah, yeah, very important. Very important because, you know, even as Ripple Effect, and I forgot by saying that, you know, there are reasons why we call ourselves repo effect. And one of the reasons is what you are asking about. How do we promote ripples within the region, within the household, within the communities and so on? So in our training, we adopt foundational trainings. Foundational trainings are social development kind of trainings that when we go to work with the communities, before we start implementing our programs, we do foundational trainings. These are trainings such as gender trainings, how a family can work together. We look at visioning, for example. We train communities on how can they plan for their lives? How can they look at five years 
ahead and plan that within these five years, this is what we want to achieve. Resource planning, very important. Financial management at the household. So we do all these kinds of training. And then the other model is what you mentioned. We have what you call passing on the gift. Passing on the gift is where we encourage and support communities to share out. They share knowledge, they share assets, you know, farmers as such as seeds. If one household has a good variety of bananas, for example, we encourage that can you get to one or two or three suckers and share with your neighbors well. If you have a cow and it, it gives birth to, you know, a calf, if that calf is female, can you share out? And through that model, we are creating ripple effect. So when you go to communities where we work, you will find that we have communities who have benefited, but we did not reach them directly. They were reached by that model of passing on the gift. They trained other neighbors, they trained their friends, they shared what they have. But our model of working also is through groups, uh, through cooperatives. So self-help groups, they are very important because it is a platform, you know, for sharing, uh, for learning from each other, the same way cooperatives. So the self-help groups are again also from cooperatives where they can do their savings and credit, where communities can get some loans there and repair the profit. So these are the models that we used to create. Ripple effect, the trainings and the models that we used to create. Ripples within the communities we work in. Fantastic. And um, what's the role for women in the farming countries that you're working in? Um, what could be the benefits of supporting them to have a greater voice or greater influence? And how does that link in with regenerative agriculture? Women have a big role to play. They have a very big role to play. You know, when a child is hungry, he or she doesn't go to the father. Uh, that child goes to the mother. I, I did that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so women have a very important role to play because in the African setting, the African culture, most of the times men will go outside. Maybe, you know, they will engage in work that is outside the farm or maybe they will go to a neighboring town to look for a job or do some work. Women are always at home. They have the role of taking care of the farm, taking care of the children, and they spend most of their time in the farms. So that is how important it is for, for women in regenerative agriculture. And regenerative agriculture promotes the participation of women, you know, in that sphere, because they are always in the farm, in the evening, in the morning. So they have a very important role to play. So regenerative agriculture, like I said, we want to support women establish agriculture-based enterprises. We want to give them knowledge. We want them to be confident and we want them to make decisions because these decisions are always to the best of the family and the children. Fantastic. Thank you. And within the East African countries where you operate, there's a very broad range of different issues being caused by the climate crisis, which is impacting on food production and threatening lives and livelihoods. Yeah. How are the farmers working with Ripple Effect addressing the climate emergency and, and working to improve conditions for future generations? Yes, climate crisis is a, 
it's a big issue and we, we need very concerted actions around the issue of climate crisis. There have been a lot of discussions globally, conference of parties. We, we saw one last year uh, around what can we do, what can governments do. Mm. It is a big problem that requires global, global action. Uh, I remember one of the uh, statements of the uh, UN Secretary General. Uh, he said that we are fighting for our lives and we are losing it. And I agree with him because that is where we are. We are losing it. We are losing Africa's communities are losing their livestock. They are losing their water resources. Yeah. They are losing their lands and, and, and so on. So we, we are actually losing it. So regenerative agriculture is meant to caution communities and, and households against uh, these impacts of climate change. When you look at regenerative agriculture, it looks at how do we uh, undertake activities that reduce emission of greenhouse gases. So when we go the regenerative agriculture way, we actually contribute to climate mitigation. We reduce emissions and therefore we reduce the negative impact. We are talking about water conservation because water is becoming a problem because of the climate crisis. Yeah. So we are training our communities on how to preserve, how to preserve the natural streams, water sources, the rivers, the lakes around them. We are training our communities as they do landscape regeneration. Then they are improving the water cycle as well and increasing the chances of you know sustainable rainfall. When we promote agroforestry, agroforestry trees hold. The, the soils to be farm, like in, in, in Rwanda or Burundi, where the landscapes are steep and, and those areas are prone to, for example, landslides. So when we we support agroforestry, like we are doing in Burundi with the Burundian government, where we, we are supporting planting of 1.5, 1,500,000 1, trees. Wow. So we, we are, we are, trying to, you know, mitigate and, and, and minimize such a kind of occurrences, such a kind of shocks, because then we are increasing the land, the vegetation cover of the land and protecting it. And Ripple Effect has an admirable target of reaching around 5 million people by 2030. Can you share any recent success stories about how regenerative agriculture has benefited the communities that you're working in, for example, in your work in Kenya and Uganda? Oh, yes. We have many success stories, many success stories in the countries we, we, we work in. We have seen in Western Kenya where through regenerative agriculture practices, farmers have improved. They have almost doubled production in their farms, especially the, you know, I know one place where communities have really doubled production of bananas. They have formed a cooperative, you know. And, and doing collective marketing of these bananas, really a success story. We have also had families that were really, really hopeless, and we have seen them gain the confidence. I remember I, I was in Western Kenya one time uh, where we have programs, and we met this family that initially was very hopeless. It was HIV positive. The man was an alcoholic and, and, and so on. So really hopeless situation. They didn't have a house either. 
So when we we supported them, we trained them the foundational training I talked about. Yeah. We trained them on how to produce different kinds of crops at the farm, how to eat balanced uh, food groups and better nutrition. And we train them on how to use, you know, energy saving um, stoves, the cook stoves and so on. And step by step, we saw this family improving and gaining the confidence. The money stops alcoholism, of course, because we had that support system. He was enrolled in the government program of HIV prevention. He, he, He began getting the drugs and so on. With the time, he became confident. He became hopeful. He began selling his crops at the household. So people were coming to him to buy. He became a supplier of vegetables. You can imagine that kind of confidence. And now he was educating his children. He had built a better house for the family. I mean, in incredible, incredible stories. Last week I was in Uganda, uh, in southwestern Uganda, and we saw communities who have who we have worked with the push pull push pull is a, an innovation that was done by isipe so we have seen communities who are doing this project they have just transitioned i mean innovated themselves and they are now you know making hay out of the desmodium which we using push pull they are making hay preserving and selling as far as Kampala, several kilometers away. So they have formed a cooperative and it has become a commercial enterprise. So really very, very encouraging. I was in Rwanda. I met one family that gave me very interesting stories, how they have moved from, you know, a small piece of land and now they have various pieces of land. They are growing, they have bought livestock, they are selling, they have built a better house. They can be able to, pay for the health cover to the government. And really, we have many success stories. And I think regenerative agriculture, this is what it can lead to. Really inspiring. Do you find that there are any complications that you experience when farmers increase their yields and, and start producing more? And how do you how do you help people manage these? Is that part of your social development and enterprise training work? Oh, yes. When you support communities or when we support communities, we are cognizant to the fact that resources can be good, but resources can also be risky. If you give money to somebody who is not prepared to use that money, and then instead it can have negative implications because of misuse of the same. So, in our social development trainings, this is what we really look at. That's why I say we look at like gender, for example, because you know, if you go to a you are working, going to work with the with with the wife or, or the woman, and you leave out the the husband, you start empowering the woman and, and the husband remains there, then you start creating conflicts because sometimes men don't accept the ego the woman is above. She's getting more skills and she's getting support. Maybe she's now getting money. You will create a problem. So this is what our foundational trainings are all about. And that is why we work with the families. So if a family, for example, has children, has a husband, has a wife, that is the entity we work with. But we have also our gender and social inclusion uh, coordinators have come up with a very innovative 
gender analysis and integration and, and support tool is called transformative household methodology. It is a participatory tool that families can actually use to analyze their different roles, the children, the wife, and the husband. And it's really fascinating because they come to realize that this is how we do things and, and this is not good or this is good. So it's a very a participatory kind of tool. It's called transformative household methodology. So these are part of the trainings that we undertake so that we make sure that we have solid families that are working together for their own development. To wrap up then, is there a piece of advice that you would give to a smallholder farmer who was looking to benefit not just themselves, but their community through their regenerative agriculture work? One piece of advice I'll give smallholder farmers is the land that we have is our only resource that we depend on. This is where we get food. This is where we get our shelter. This is where we get, we keep our livestock. This is everything for us. And that is why our tagline is, it starts on an African farm. That is where everything is. So by all means, my advice is, let us do all that we can to take care of our land, to take care of our farms. Because if we do not do that, then that land will become unproductive and we will suffer. So let us take care of our land. Let us regenerate it. Let us use it in a very, very responsible manner. And how can people find out more about the work of Ripple Effect and perhaps get involved in supporting? We have offices in the in the African countries I mentioned. We have an office in Nairobi. We have an office in Uganda. We have so one can contact our offices. Our website is www.tripleeffect.org. We also have a Twitter handle at tripleeffectngo. So we can be contacted through, you know, either physically or online or through social media. And then we can see how we can partner together to promote regenerative agriculture and improve livelihoods in Africa. Wonderful. Mashak, it's been really interesting to talk to you today. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Thank you for the opportunity as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me today for the Region Agri podcast. To learn more about what we've talked about in this episode, please find the links to Ripple Effect's website in the show notes. You can follow Ripple Effect on their Twitter handle, Ripple Effect NGO, and on other social media platforms. If you would like to know more about how the Region Agri initiative can help your regenerative journey from advisory services, monitoring of on-farm data and regenerative certification through to carbon verification, please visit regionagri.org. You can also check out case studies and articles and gain access to our digital hub for free insight and advice. Alternatively, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at regionagri underscore org or search regionagri on LinkedIn.